Today we answer a question that we could have led with, uh, depending on how you tally kind of the results of this survey and kind of what umbrella you put them under, this could have easily been the most asked question. In fact, in some ways it was, and that is, how do I forgive? How do I forgive? How do I find peace? How do I move on? How do I make this event stop haunting me? Uh, that person who's wronged you, that thing that, that's happened that haunts you, or maybe it's just something that's divided you and a family member, or maybe you don't even talk to that person anymore, but you think about it a lot. And I just want to dive right in and, and, and get you to tap into an emotion this morning of something maybe you've said or an emotion that you've had in the past. Uh, it's something that I've said either about a person or a group of people or something like that, but it's just this statement, simply this statement, and that is, I don't even care anymore. I don't care anymore. Have you ever said that or felt that? I don't care. I used to, used to mean a lot to me, but I don't care anymore. I'm done. Used to mean a lot, but I'm done. I don't, I don't care anymore. But just the fact that you would say that means that you still care. You still care. And I want to talk to you about this because I think this is one of the biggest lies you can tell yourself. And the reason this is a lie is because it's a remedy that doesn't work. You were created to care, okay? You were created to care about that person. You were created to care about that event, that situation. And we think maybe if I could just put some distance between me and that group of people, somehow that's going to make the pain go away. And you've probably already discovered that doesn't work. It doesn't work. I mean, it's proven in that it still shows up in your survey of, yeah, I don't care anymore, but could you go ahead and teach me how to forgive? And if it makes you feel better, I've said this about people in my life, and, and my goodness, the thing about preaching is that you've got to deal with it in your own life before you bring it as an offering to the church. And it's forced me to deal with hard issues towards certain people. And I care. So do you. You care. And I'm going to show you how to deal with this. But it's something that this message today, you're going to immediately push back on. You're going to immediately push back. And, and I need to explain one thing to you before we really get going about how God works in order for you to get past the pushback. And that is that when you hear some of the things God says, and he says, hey, do it this way, and and, and your first thought is, I mean, you're reading this, and it's like, God, you make it sound so simple. And he's like, you can't make everything so easy. There's too much pain involved. I can't go there. I can't do that. And the thing you need to understand about God is that he puts this little word in there and this thing in there that you've got to get to, and that thing is called faith. And faith is the step that you take into something that makes no sense, only to discover that on the other side, there's a miracle. It's you're taking a step into something that may seem too simple or illogical to find on the other side, there's a miracle there that you would have never experienced if you didn't do it God's way. And so today, you're going to have to apply faith. And you're going to have to take a step into something that may seem confusing or doesn't seem right. Something you'll say, there's no way that's going to work, only to discover that when you get there, it actually does. And so here's how we're going to do it. I want to give you a list or a progression that takes us to the place where we say, I don't care anymore. So we don't just start out saying, I don't care anymore, because we care. 
But there's a, a process, a progression that happens of how we get there. And I'm not doing this today to, to rehearse all the pain in your life and how we got there. But I don't want to jump right into the solution because I need you to see how you got there. And I need you to see this progression. And then I've kind of got a little twist at the end. But every relational conflict, with it, whether it be with an organization, group of people, another person, it, something creates distance. Starts out with distance. There's a distance between me and you. And some problems in a relationship aren't created through conflict. Some of them are just created through neglect. That you didn't pay attention. And, and you didn't realize that if you don't pour your life into the relationships that mean a lot to you, they don't take care of themselves. So some of it just happens through distance. Through distance. And some of us have that in our marriages where... Man, it maybe wasn't one specific thing or it really wasn't some big blow up or big situation, but there was just all of a sudden I'm over here and you're over there. And if you don't pour your life into that relationship, it will not take care of itself. You see that with kids or with the friendships. But this can also happen in conflict where we decide to just shut someone out and we think that's the best way to handle it. And when you get into these relational conflicts, we think I'm just going to I'm just going to step back. I'm just going to put this person at arm's length and I'm going to back up and I'm going to create some distance and and maybe it's all internal, but but they know something's up because I'm going to create some distance between me and you. I've just got to take a step back. And if you let that continue to happen, the next thing that will happen is that you build up walls because distance hurts. So I need to put a barrier between me and you, a protective device. But the problem is when you wall out bad people or bad situations, you end up walling out good people and good situations. And if you keep going, you end up walling out God. But it's just a protective device where we say, I'm going to put a wall here so no one can hurt me. No one can touch me. And we meet people like this all the time. They've walled themselves up and they think it's for their own good. It's not. And that's why we still care. And if you don't tear down the walls and you leave them there and you keep going, it escalates and there's escalation. It always escalates. The situation becomes bigger than the original situation. And you've talked to people who maybe they're having a problem, a conflict, and and it's just escalating out of control and you start digging in to find out what what happened. And you kind of dig down to the what happened, the situation, and it's like, that's it? That's the problem? But no, it's not because the situation's no longer the situation. The issue's no longer the issue because it's escalated. And what we do in escalation is we start belittling one another. And we don't do it because, you know, we're taking a high road. We we do this, we wallow in this problem, and we, we belittle one another. And it's just another protective device where our tongue gets this to escalate out of our control. And if we don't de-escalate it, if we don't stop it there, it turns into false belief. Where we're imagining things that aren't even really there. We're reading into things that weren't even there. And people who don't know the facts, they bring their own ideas and we stop trusting. And when people get hurt, they start saying things that didn't even happen. And we start believing all these lies. And we start thinking, well, I never really loved this person to begin with. They never really loved me to begin with. We were never really friends anyway. And false belief just starts running wild. 
And then a godly person will try to give us some advice or a good friend will try to help us. But we've got all this false belief and we're offended and this thing has gotten so far that we say, no, that'll never work or that's not good advice or, or you don't understand, you don't understand what I'm going through and we just start listening to ourselves. The problem is that when you're offended, you're the last person you should be taking advice from because it's clear clouded. You're not thinking straight. It's, it's escalate. It's false belief. You can't listen to yourself, and if you don't stop it there, if you don't listen to that other person, if you don't move out of that, it creates hostility. Hostility between you and someone else. And hostility, I'm not talking about the the condition between you and someone else. Hostility is the condition of the soul. And it's just hostile. And it begins to affect what you believe, It begins to affect the way you live. And even when you're around that person, there's no peace, there's no joy. And that's what, I mean, that's really deep down what you ask for. So how do I get rid of this hostility? Because it's all too real. And what do we do about it? Well, the reason I gave you that list is not to remind you of something you already know, but I gave you that list to point out that this is the same condition you were in with God before you met Christ. You've been here before, and it wasn't good. I want to show it to you in Scripture in Ephesians chapter 2. It starts off with a word. It says, remember. And the writer's just pausing, and he's saying, remember, because it's something we have a tendency to forget. He says, I want to remind you of something. Remember the time you were separated from Christ. You were without hope. You were without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once, you were far away, But now you've been brought near. You've been brought near. How? Through the blood of Jesus. Through the blood of Christ. He says it wasn't anything you did. It was something God did. It's something Jesus did. Before you were even willing to reconcile. Before you were even willing to accept Christ as Lord. He initiated a reconciliation process. And he wasn't even the offending party. I was the offending party. You were the offending party. He had done nothing wrong wrong but he started this reconciliation process and he initiated a process that solved it completely on the cross and he goes on to say for he himself is our peace in other words when you grasp the reality of the way you've been treated by God he himself becomes exactly what you asked for can you take away the hostility and can you bring in peace and so you're not necessarily asking for that marriage to to come back together or that child to come home or for that mom to apologize or for dad to do what he should have done. What you're asking for is can you make the nightmare stop? Can you make this stop cursing me and seem like a curse hanging over my life? Can you make this stop haunting me? And when you grasp the reality of what Christ has done inside you, he becomes your peace. What does he do? He says he's made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Hostility. And that's the condition we were in. So what does he want in return? Really, the, the rest of the book of Ephesians talks about that. But look at this in Ephesians 4. He says, get rid of all bitterness. And it's like, there you go again, God. Easier said than done. I mean, get, get rid of it. Just get rid of rage. Get rid of anger, brawling, and slander. 
get rid of every form of malice. Not only get rid of that, but be kind and compassionate to one another. But here's what I want you to see. It says, yes, that may sound easy. How do I do it? Oh, you're going to be forgiving each other just as. Circle the words just as. The power of this verse is in the just as. How do I forgive? You can forgive and get peace back in your heart if you can remember just as Christ, God, forgave you. So you know what that means? There's something that happened to you where God forgave you and changed you. And if you ever grasp that reality, you'll see that in the forgiveness of you was not only the forgiveness of your sins, it was the power and the capacity to forgive and do it for others. Something you never dreamed you could do on your own because you can't. You can't do it on your own. The power of forgiveness is in just as, just as Christ forgave you. And when he did it, he also gave you the power to do it for others. I want to show you how. Because your way may not be working anymore. And you might say, I thought I forgave them, but it's just not happening. I'm not experiencing any peace. I've still got all this junk in my heart. And you say, hostility, I'd, I wouldn't have put it that way, but that's, that's what it is. Now I want to show you how you can have peace in your heart, regardless of what the other person or the other party decides to do. So I'm inviting you on a journey of three steps two of which you're going to absolutely hate. <laughs> I hate them. But I'm asking you on the authority of God's word to take this journey. And you asked for it. And I, tell, I mean, this is the fourth time I'm preaching this message and I'm begging you. I'm begging you to do it. I'm begging you to, to not let this show up in a survey in your life again that this is it. This is opportunity. I'm, God is speaking to you today. He's inviting you, take this journey, forgive, let's settle this once and for all, he says. And I'm asking you to do it and, and, and to employ some faith, to take your Christian life and say, I'm going to step out in faith today. But here we go, number one, to be someone who forgives, you need to, number one, receive God's forgiveness. And maybe you say, I, I did that, Rylan, I'm a Christian, let's move on, what's the second step? But the truth is, a lot of Christians, a lot of people, they believe, but somewhere deep down the line, they, they forget about God's forgiveness or they never receive God's forgiveness. I'll prove it to you because sometimes people, what they do, they show up, you show up, you come to church and you just remind yourself of what your week was like and all the bad things you did and all the, the good things you should have done that you didn't do. And so you think, God cannot be pleased with me. And so I'm just going to lay off worship today. And we come in tail tucked between our legs. And we say, I can't pray today. I can't, God's word really isn't for me today. I can't worship today. And we create distance between us and God because there's, we say there's no way he could be happy with me. And we forget that God knew what you were going to do and still forgives you past, present, and future. Peter tells us that when Jesus went to the cross, he carried our sins in his body. So that thing that you did, Jesus thought about that thing while hanging on the cross. That shame that you, that you feel from that, he felt it. It was put on him, on his mind and his spirit. And he says, I can forgive even that. I'll stay up here for even that. I can pay even that. Everything. 
Everything you've done, everything you will do has been paid by the blood of Jesus. You've been set free by the blood of Jesus. He forgives you completely. Everything, Apostle Paul, he says in Ephesians 3, I just got to get you to grasp it. So if I can just get you to see it, how, how big it is, just how tall you just can't even see the end of it, how wide it is, just how all-consuming it is. That when you come into worship today, God was not thinking about what you did. He forgave it. He sees you today and he says, it's my child. That's my son. That's my daughter. And he sees the righteousness of Christ and he says, thank you for worshiping me. Thank you for giving your life. Thank you for believing it. Thank you for accepting it. And it makes you filter everything a different way. I mean, what you would need to know and be reminded of is that you're facing nothing compared to the amount of love and grace that God has poured out on your life. And when we really understand it, it changes everything in how we treat other people. 1 Timothy 1 says, Even though the Apostle Paul talking, I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with faith. And I want you to see that word. He says, while I was doing the unthinkable, God had faith in me that he could still do something in me and use me in a great way. And he was overwhelmed with faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. And he says, here's a trustworthy saying. And what it needs is just everybody to fully accept it. Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. When Satan reminds me that I'm a sinner, all he does is remind me, yeah, I'm someone Christ died for. And all of us were worse off. We were in a worse condition than the situation that we're struggling to forgive, than the conflict, than the hostility. We were worse off. And not only did God excuse us and forgive us, not only did he cleanse my heart, he said, I can use you to do the remarkable. And if you say today, I've never, I've never had that. I don't know that I have that I've, that I've received the forgiveness of God. God himself says in the book of Isaiah, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I'll make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I'll make them as white as wool. It's the word of God. It says if you'll only obey, if you just buy into this process, if, if you'll receive this forgiveness, if you'll buy into my plan, the reason for our struggle to forgive is that we never really grasp, we've got to grasp the forgiveness of God. If you continue to live your life trying to earn God's forgiveness, you will spend your life making other people earn forgiveness from you. If you think you have to earn it from God, you'll make other people earn it from you. But no, no, God says, you don't earn it from me. It's a free gift from me. And so now what I want you to do is freely give what you have received. Write that in, freely give what you have received. Because step one has given me the capacity to do this second step. This is the missing ingredient. The reason I forgive is not because... All right, listen now. The reason I forgive is not because we formed some meeting. It's not because that person apologized. It's not because they finally realized the pain that they put me through. The reason I forgive is not because now we're all of a sudden on the same page. The reason I forgive is because Christ did it for me. And my whole goal 
is to be like Christ. And God's whole goal for me is to form me into the, the image of his son, to be like Christ. So I am going to forgive those who have offended me. Words of Jesus himself. He says, freely you have received. He's just talking about all the benefits of being a Christ follower. He says, we've done this, and I did this for you, and I did this for you, and it was all a free gift from me. Now, freely give it to others. I didn't make you earn it. Stop trying to make people earn it. I never asked you for anything in return. I just went and I settled it before you could even apologize, before you could even make it right. And this is why the motto of forgiven people, of Christ followers, Christians, should be that the forgiven forgive. The forgiven forgive. So we've been looking at this um, book of the Bible, this letter in 2 Corinthians a lot lately. I want to look at chapter 5 with you. It says, for Christ's love. So this is written to, this section is written to people who are, they're pushing back on this, on what we're talking about. And he says, for Christ's love, it's what compels us in the first place. Because we are convinced that one died for all, talking about Jesus, but then makes this statement, and therefore all died. Okay, wait, so more died? No, he's, he's asking something of us. So, and Jesus died for all that those who live, that's you and me, should no longer live for themselves. That we should die. What does that mean? Jesus died for your best interest. Will you lay your life down for his best interest? But for him who died, for them... And was raised from the dead. All this is from God who reconciled. So he took your balance and made it zero. So you had a debt that was worthy of capital punishment. And Christ took your account to zero. And he didn't stop there. He reconciled us to himself through Christ. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He says I want you to go around to every person. And treat them the way I treated you. And God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed us to the message of reconciliation. That's our job. Forgiveness is not just lips and heart. It's actually reflected in how you treat them from now on. That relationship may never be restored to what it once was. But here's what I can do that requires none of their participation. I'm going to take the balance that you owed me and I'm going to cancel it. You don't owe me anymore. That's what Jesus did for me. It is the least I could do for you. And that's a response. It's contradictory to be on the receiving end of something and not reciprocate it. And then he continues in this verse, and this verse is one we looked at last week on how to share your faith, where he says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. He says, let me tell you what he did for me. That's what I extended to you. So when you forgive, you share your faith. When you forgive someone else, you are sharing what Christ did for you. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So the Bible makes it sound so easy. But when you obey and you forgive and you be the ambassador of this promise and this truth, there's a miracle that happens on the other side. And I want to encourage you today and this is the most challenging step of all, I want to encourage you as an ambassador of Jesus Christ to go first. To go first. 
So one of the most unique things that Jesus did for you and me is he didn't stop before he went to the cross and see if we were going to play ball. Okay, before he got arrested or through that whole process, he didn't, he didn't say, hang on, before they whip me, I just want to make sure I've got some takers. I just want to make sure this is going to be worthwhile. I want to make sure I've got some believers. No, it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we still didn't want to get right with him, he died for us. I'm calling you to a place of faith. And I want to make a guarantee to you today. Something that comes straight from God's word. And that is, if you will go first, you'll be the happiest. The first to forgive is the happiest. It's a guarantee. I'll show it to you in scripture. It's something Jesus said in uh, his most famous sermon. It's a section called the Beatitudes. Your kids have actually been studying the Beatitudes in Rockbrook for Kids. They're finishing up a series on that this weekend. I want to read one of them to you today. Matthew 5, 9, blessed. And I've taught you this just recently. That doesn't mean more money. That doesn't mean more fame. It's actually better translated happy, but it's not a mood happy that comes and goes. It's true happiness. I mean, you've met someone that, my goodness, they're blessed. They're happy. Nothing can take that away from them. They're contented. Blessed are the peacemakers, those who discover the peace of God in their own life and they extend it to someone else. Blessed are the peacemakers. They will be called the sons of God. And so the question really isn't how much forgiveness do they deserve? It's how much blessing and peace and happiness I want to experience in my life. The question is what, not if they've earned forgiveness, deserve forgiveness. The question is, do I want God's promise for me in my life? Let me show this to you, said in a different way in James chapter 3, but the wisdom that comes from heaven, so it's not world's wisdom, it's godly wisdom, is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow, circle the word sow, they sow it. They take the step. They move first. They go first. They sow it. They sow in peace and they raise a harvest of righteousness where just everything in my heart feels right. I'm right with God. I'm right with others. Everything, it's just righteousness. It just feels right. So, so you sow you sow peace. You raise righteousness. That's your harvest. The thing is, though, we don't really want a harvest of righteousness. We want a harvest of forgetting. We want to forget. We confuse forgiveness with forgetting. Say, so I thought I forgave, but I just think about it all the time, and, and we, just want, we just want that to go away. You're not going to forget what happened to you. You're not going to forget what that person did. But you can have something better. You can have peace. And maybe you say today, Rylan, there's no way. Maybe you say, Rylan, this is a great message for 99% of the people that are going to come to church this weekend. But you have no idea. You have no idea. My situation's different. And if you were to tell me your situation, I would probably say you're right. 
I'd probably say, I cannot believe that. I can't believe you've been carrying that. I can't believe that you had to go through that. I can't believe what that person did to you. And you might say that, it might be going through your mind, this just cannot be done. Great for everybody else, but my situation's different. But I would also tell you that the love of Christ is bigger than anything you've gone through, and the love of Christ leaves us no other option. And if that was going through your mind today, that great sermon, this cannot be done, you don't know what I went through, we have, I mean, I totally recognize that. We have a whole ministry built around this at Rockbrook, and it's called Celebrate Recovery. They meet for worship on Friday nights. There's a thing called a step study with it. Those meet at all kinds of different times. I went through a CR step study years ago. I still, I mean, the principles, the peace that I found going through that, I'm still working, still using. And the point, the whole point of it all is to settle yesterday, once and for all, that you can move on from this. You, can, you don't have to say, I don't care anymore. You don't have to pretend anymore. You don't have to force yourself to think a certain way about it. You can live in the peace and blessing and happiness found in Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ once for all. And maybe you're sitting through this sermon today and you're thinking, man, I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. Maybe you didn't, maybe you're listening online, you didn't even come this weekend because you didn't want to sit through a church service and think about what's happened in your life and the unforgiveness and the resentment that's been building up in your life, but it is time to deal with it. The enormity of what Christ has done for you leaves no other option. And I'll tell you, you're, you're never going to feel like it. You're never going to wake up. One, there is not a day coming that you're going to wake up and feel like forgiving that person. I'm not asking you to feel it, but I'm begging you to do it. You won't feel it. You know how I know that? Because when it came time, Jesus didn't really feel like forgiving you. I mean, before he went to the cross, he says, God, is there any other way? I don't want to go through this. I don't want to take on all that shame of everything they've done. I don't want to be separated from you because I have this sin in my body. But then he said one of the most powerful statements that's ever been said on your behalf. Not my will, not my feelings, but let's do what you have planned. Your will be done. I know it's hard, but on the other side of your feelings, of doing what God says and moving on this, on the other side is an empty grave. It's a miracle. On the other side of laying down your will and forgiving And they may not participate, they may not forgive you, they may hate you all the more, but you've got peace in your life. I'll leave you with this thought. This last point, it it could be the last point of every message I ever bring to you, but it especially applies, applies today. It's that choices lead, feelings follow. Choices lead, feelings follow. Make the choice first. You're never gonna feel like it, Most of us, we wait for the feeling. I'm asking you to not wait for the feeling. Don't let another week go by. Don't let another week go by. God is speaking to you today. This is the time. It's time to find that peace. It's time to move on from this. It's time to forgive. Don't just agree with the message today. Don't just agree with God today. 
If there's something in your heart that's not right, you're holding resentment, you're holding something against someone else, make it right. Go first. Go first. Let's pray together. Well, I'm going to lead some of you now through this first step, and that is receiving what Christ has done for you. And if you're still carrying the weight of your sin, and you're ready to be freed from your own sin. For some of you, this is going to be a first-time decision. For some of you, you're tired of carrying around this, this weight that you've picked back up and you're coming back today. I'll just lead you in a prayer. Follow along with in your heart and mind. And say, God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for Jesus. I don't deserve it, but I receive the complete forgiveness of my sins and today I respond to you by giving you my life, everything. I surrender my life to you. Maybe you've done that, but you look over that progression today and, and you're there with someone. There's some distance. There have been walls that have been built up. Maybe it's escalating. Maybe there's lies and false belief. Maybe even hostility. And I pray that you'd let the love of God compel you to go first and make it right. Forgive them. Do your part. They may reject it. The relationship may not be restored, but you can find peace. Heavenly Father, thank you for making a way for us. Thank you for your example. We want to be like Christ. We want to forgive. Through Jesus' name we pray. Amen.